Thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available where you find folks get your podcast. Also, this episode of Locked On Spartans is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thanks to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. All right, guys, on today's show, we're going to get a little bit more into the college football playoff rankings, go more into detail about that, and really why I'm not all too riled up about it. And then we talk with Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday, and more importantly, a happy Veterans Day, uh, everyone out there. Yes, thank you all for uh, your service. If you have been in the military, know someone that's been in there. Uh, yeah, just thank you. Thank you very much. I really, what, what else can be said? I even thank you is not enough. But yes, uh, happy Veterans Day out there uh, to all military families. Um, today, yes, that's right. We are back with Locked on Spartans. I am your host, Matt Sheehan. We do this five days a week here in the Locked on Podcast Network. If you want some basketball stuff, we've talked a little bit of hoops. Uh, even, you know, our pregame show against Kansas would still be relevant to listen to because we talked to Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com. A lot of good, just full season stuff coming up ahead in that episode. Then we break down the Kansas game with also of SpartanHoops.com. Yes, he goes by Solja on Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, those are some basketball episodes if you want some of that. So we got some football today, guys. That's right. But before we get there, need uh, need you to rate review, and subscribe to the podcast. Yes, this is Locked on Spartans. Uh, and yeah, you can catch us wherever you find folks get your podcast here in the Locked on Podcast Network. Also, if you have any questions, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to reach out if you have any questions, comments, life advice. So yeah, uh, on tomorrow's show, we will be getting more into the Maryland game. Yes, we will also be dabbling in the Western Michigan, Michigan State basketball game as well. So yeah, it'll be a nice little full, fun preview Friday coming up on tomorrow, but that's tomorrow. Let's talk about today. Um, guys, yesterday on the show, really quick, I might have talked about it for 45 seconds. It was the college football playoff ranking drama that's just swept the entire world the last 24 hours. And by world, I just mean like a, a few people in the state. Um, as we know, Michigan State, they come out ranked 7th. All right, and then Michigan down the road, yes, the Paul bunyan Michigan, they get sixth in the rankings. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, it's Bedlam. They're burning couches on the street. My goodness gracious. They're holding Gary Barta hostage right now. It is just pandemonium. Not, not really. And, okay, so, yeah, there are people, obviously, a, a little upset by that. And you know, for, for good reason. I'm not here to say that you shouldn't be. I'm not, you know, going to be the judge of your emotions. But I don't really just find myself in that camp and... I'm sorry. And this isn't me, like, faking it, like, oh, this is no big deal. Like, okay, you guys know me. Like, I, I get fired up about the most inane BS in the world, uh, especially when it comes to this rivalry. But for some reason, like, I'm not too rattled by it. Um, and I, t- it took me a while to put my finger on exactly why I'm not necessarily bent out of shape about it. Because I should be. I, hey, I mean, listen, not only did the game get settled on the field uh, not too long ago, but let's just say hypothetically, season ends, both teams have two losses. Ohio State, they go to the Big Ten title. Um, yeah, just with the tiebreakers within the conference, that means if Michigan is ranked ahead of Michigan State, U of M will get the nod to Pasadena. 
MSU will likely get passed over, and they'll hit either the Peach or the Fiesta Bowl, or worst-case Citrus Bowl. And yeah, that that does suck. Um, and absolutely should be upset about it, probably. And maybe you are. Uh, but, okay, maybe a reason why I'm not upset about it is that there's a few small slices, a medium slice, and then a big slice. It's... Well, okay, if you told me before the season that MSU would win Paul Bunyan, reach New Year's Six Bowl, whether it be the Fiesta or Peach Bowl, yeah, I still would have loved it. You know, hey, I'm here to focus on what Michigan State does, not necessarily what Michigan does. Or maybe some of it is like, well, yeah, I'm still not near coming down from that high of the 37-33 to 33 win. You know, that's tough to tough to knock me off that. Uh, it, you know, a medium slice of this pie, of why I'm not too worried, is, oh no, Michigan State's being disrespected, shoot. If only they have always used that to their advantage over the last few seasons in recent history. Shoot, oh no, wouldn't that just be a big bummer if you just spoon-fed a Michigan State football team a little bit of anger, a little bit of disrespect that they can uh, go into the final three games with. Oh no, why would you guys do that? Um, Here's the biggest slice of the pie, though as to why maybe I'm not going to lose sleep over the college football playoff rankings. And I want everyone to lean in close, because I don't want to say this out loud. I, I have a hard time admitting this. I'm kind of scared about Maryland, you know? Yeah, I'm just a little... I, I'm not too jazzed yet about this weekend's game. Okay, I'll lean back. Um, It's very hard for me to get bent out of shape about, oh, who's going to make the Rose Bowl in three weeks? Or, oh, who's going to, what if we get passed over for this bowl? When I, when I'm just scared about Maryland. Um, that's right. Yeah. And listen, I, I'm sorry if I'm coming off as chicken little here, you know, freaking out about the, the Terps. Come on. I mean, the Spartan offense, well, you know, it, it's fine. It, it was okay against Purdue. They might be missing their starting left tackle again. And uh, yeah, a great receiver and Jalen Naylor still out. Uh, MSU, okay, sure, they just came off a game where they stopped the run dead in its tracks. Did not matter, though, last week against Purdue. So, here we are. Uh, if we're going any further, I'm sorry, I probably should have prefaced this before. Maybe you're cursing at me over the podcast airwaves right now. I, I still think Michigan State wins Saturday, you know? Like, I, I do. I, I, I do think that Michigan State takes the, the victory here. However, I just apologize for not looking at the hypothetical Rose Bowl bids and the bowl implications when... Well, we also have the following coming up this weekend after watching Aiden O'Connell throw for 536 yards through the air. Uh, Chuck Brantley. Okay, he's most likely out for the season if his Instagram post is any indication of his health. Marky Lowry did not play last week. Ronald Williams, a tad hurt. Chuck Kimbra. Uh, uh, sorry, Chester Kimbra, excuse me. Uh, uh, may, maybe hurt? Uh, Kalon Gervin. Well, simply not here. He's gone. Um... Okay, whoo, yikes. So we are a little depleted. And we talk about this with Stephen Brooks here, next segment, to start things off. Here's uh, who's coming to town. Maryland Terrapins. That's right. Months of Big Ten. Second in pass attempts. They, they air the ball out. I think uh, Tua Light had, I think, 57 pass attempts against Penn State last week. Yeah, they sling the ball. Okay, well, awesome. They're also tied for first in completion percentage. Woohoo! And they're also third in the conference in passing yards. Awesome. This is great. Uh, Tua Leah, Tonga Vailoa, aka Tua Light, Baby Tua, whatever you want to call him. 
seven and 790 combined yards in his last two games for Maryland. Uh, Michigan State, yeah, listen, it's been really bad. It's been really bad. Uh, it, amongst the conference, third highest completion percentage allowed against them through the air, and they have given up, yes, by far the most passing yards through the air as well. So, yeah, I guess that's a not a transition you want to hear. But that's the transition between the college football playoff rankings and also the Saturday's game. That's a long way of saying, I'm just focused on this week's game. And it doesn't matter because it's not like I'm out there playing cornerback. It doesn't matter what I think. You know, I assume that this is also what the team thinks as well, which is very nice. Uh, Mel Tucker got to get the team focused. Don't really think that's been an issue all season. Yes, including last week. I don't think it was necessarily a focus issue last week. It was just more of, well, some things that you got away with throughout the year have finally caught up to you. And if you want me to elaborate on that, may I interest you in last or this Monday's pod uh, after the loss? It, you know, it, it was a high wire act. MSU was riding it. It was all fun and games. And, well, we saw what happens when hmm, you can't get away with some certain stuff here. So, <sighs> yeah, sorry, guys. I wish I could be more cheery about that. But, uh, hey, if, if you want cheery, just, just focus on the slice of the pie. Where I said uh, MSU thrives off disrespect because I really think that there is some substance to that. All right, guys. Well, uh, yeah, hey, we're going to be talking about Michigan State football here. Uh, yeah, in just a second. But first, I need to talk to you fine folks about McDonald's. That's right, baby. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. This episode of Locked on Spartans is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It is a place where friends, family, fans, rivals, you name it, can come to re connect. Guys, I know if you stopped into a McDonald's after a Michigan State game, perhaps, uh, whether you're just coming back from East Lansing, stopping at the Okemos one, for example, or maybe uh, the, the Schwartz Creek one, uh, or perhaps you're, you know, you're hitting the road, you're, you're watching the Spartans travel, and well, hey, what, what's over there at that exit? Oh, thank God it's a McDonald's. We can get some awesome coffee, we can get some awesome food, we can get some fries, we can get a McFlurry, and it is going to be insanely affordable. And also, well, hey, if you want to get out of the car, stretch your legs a little bit, connect to some Wi-Fi, whoa, awesome. McDonald's is also fantastic for that, too. But you guys already knew that. They've been serving community since 1965. My goodness gracious, that is forever. Uh, so head to your local McDonald's, refuel, reconnect. Well, did someone say, lock on Spartans, watch party. All right, guys, that's right, McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba. I'm loving it. Really quick, before getting to our chat with Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports, just want to thank you for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked on Podcast Network. He does not know it yet, but he is actually suiting up for Michigan State this weekend to play secondary. Uh, but until then, 24-7 Sports, Stephen Brooks is joining us to talk about the Michigan State football Spartans, but for the first time after a loss. Stephen, how are you doing, man? You doing okay? Uh, a little nervous now that I, I didn't know I was playing DB this week, so I uh, got to grease up the hips, uh, get my get, see, what, sure. see what flexibility I got left. Uh, now I'm, I think I got, I got a couple reps. Um, hopefully they don't. Hopefully they don't go deep, and uh, and we'll see if we can piece it together. <laughs> yeah, if they put you in cover zero with no safety help against an all-world receiver, like they may or may not have done against Purdue, how do you think you'll do? Are you going to lock them down the, the the clamps, or are you going to show them the clamps? No, I probably got like two yards, and then I'm just gonna crumble like on the ground, and uh, everyone's gonna start booing me, thinking I'm faking an injury. But but it'll be real. Uh, it'll be very very. Hey, real. that's 
That's my favorite move in football is when a quarterback gets burnt and then you just limp off the field. It's like, yeah, buddy, I would do the same thing. <laughs> I, I ah, yeah, nah, yeah, my hammy, ah, my neck, Dude. some coach, get me help. <laughs> Everything, it all hurts. I'm in pain everywhere. Um, all right, I'll stop beating around the bush. Steven, time and time again, you've talked me off ledges. You, you've heat checked me on takes. Let's just get right into it. I, I need you here right off the bat. Oh, gosh. Okay, Michigan State stopped Purdue's run game. It was not an issue. I think Michigan State will stop Maryland's run game coming up this week. Yet I'm still very scared because quite point blank, I'm just scared of any team that comes into East Lansing with a quarterback and wide receivers with four functioning limbs. For that reason, I'm scared of Maryland. Like, can you talk me off of this? Like, should I be scared of Maryland? The past defense was just that bad last week where I'm scared of the Terrapins. I'll say it. I'll speak it out. So. So I think you should be scared of of a of a good passing game, and they have a good passing game as a team. You know, I mean, I'm still not super impressed by them. Um, I mean, they've they've kind of just gotten beat down by anybody that's good. You know, if you look at who they've actually beat, their wins aren't very impressive at all, and their losses are they've got some ugly ones on there. You know, so I mean, maybe they've turned a corner and and uh, and all that, but. So it's tough, you know, because as a, as a team, I don't I don't like them at all, really. And I would think that that Michigan State would have a good shot to rebound here. But uh, as you said, I mean, I, that the their passing game is is the strength of their offense, and they they do throw it around well. They've got some talented receivers. They got Tua's little brother, obviously a quarterback, um, so they can present some problems to a to a decent pass defense, you know. And Michigan State has has been a little less than that at times, and now you know. I just don't know who they're going to have out there. I mean, we just joked about it, but like that's the concern is is uh, yeah. will they just have the manpower to 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 combat something like that, you know? I mean, if uh if Chuck Brantley is is unavailable or limited, if Ronald Williams is unavailable or limited, we didn't see Marky e. Lowry last week. I have to assume he was not uh in plain shape, you know, to to not get into that game. So you've got Chester Kimbrough, and I'm sure he's, you know, uh I'm sure he's not feeling, you know, uh, all the way and, you know, just fine and dandy at this point in November. So, uh, Chester Kimbrough and, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. So I Justin was going to say, who, who, who else is there? there? <laughs> who else yeah, is Justin there? White. I mean, do they, sure. do they microwave Antoine Booth and see if he's ready to go uh, oh, just God. for some depth? I mean, I, I truly don't know those answers uh, right now. But, yeah, so – it's tough. Like I said, the team, and, and you, when you look at every facet of the game, like I don't think Michigan State should be that worried, but that facet, yeah, they, they probably should be in <laughs> that, you know, as we just witnessed, that that's the facet that can sort of wreck a game for you. I, like, I, that's the thing, too. I want to make sure I'm not overreacting because the pass defense was, like, obviously not great last week. They gave up a skrillion yards. But just like you said, like, we've got, what, three cornerbacks that are maybe healthy that could play that have – past experience so so it's not too overreacting then to be this frightened about the defense moving forward but it's okay it's it's not like we have ohio state or you know penn state after so it should be fine right (laughs) yeah yeah that's when it really gets scary um it's a legitimate concern i'm i'm 100 with you there it is a legitimate concern and they are going to have to address it and, and figure something out um but it's you know, we've seen them be adequate, you know, when they're healthy, when they have the full complement of players. That's just that, yeah. you know, it's it's a worry and it's a concern. And it looked really bad because they were all banged up out there and they were all playing, you know, at 50 percent or whatever they were playing at. You know, clearly it wasn't 100. 
Um, so that exacerbated it. Like, yeah, they haven't been great. They've given up a lot of yards all year. They haven't always been Johnny on the spot in the coverage. Um, we've seen that all year, but they, we've also seen them hang on. We've seen them tighten up in the red zone. We've seen them make those timely plays. And uh, and maybe that all would have happened again against Purdue, and it would have been a tighter game or a different game. Um, but when, you know, again, like you said, the only guys that, that have really been in the playing group are all, for the most part, dinged up to some degree, then uh, you're gonna, probably going to get something like that against a really good passing game. And a lot of fans after the game, and understandably so, I'm not faulting them, um, go right to coaching staff. Like, okay, the defensive back coach, or like, oh, well, Hazleton, this is disgraceful, yada, 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 which, okay, on one hand, you're eight and one. Life could be a lot worse. I don't know if we're going to fire anyone right now, but on the other hand, like, holy smokes, he gave up north of 500 yards. Now, I'm not saying this is a should they fire Hazleton debate, but more so, how much of it was scheme, in your opinion, and against just player performance? Like, listen, 536 yards, everyone gets a slice of the blame pie to eat. But, like, was it more schematic and coaching, or was it more players and possibly injuries, too, if you want to look at it that way as well? Yeah, no, I just I just, I just think it was they basically had three guys that they could play, and two of them were hurt. Yeah. And and I, maybe even, like I said, Chester, I don't even know, but I have to assume he's not 100% at this point in the year just because nobody is, and he's played a lot of snaps and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, they 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 were down on numbers and they were down on physical ability. I mean, like I don't know, is that an excuse or whatever? But I mean, I that affected the performance. So I'm just telling you what I saw. I mean, I saw corners that were struggling all day, you know, and whatever yeah. they struggled, they struggled. Like it is what it is. It happened. It's out there. You can go watch the film and everything. As Mel said, if it's if it's not on tape, it's not real. And that was absolutely real. That happened. But did it did it was it that bad? You know, because these guys were were playing through some stuff. And I think you. I think you objectively say like, yes, that absolutely yeah. affected things. So it's, it's, it's concerning, but I mean, you just, you know, what, you know, I just don't know uh, where else would, would Hazel center these guys turn to, you know, again, we just talked about like who other, who are their other corners? Um, and it's just amazing that <laughs> after an eight and no start the, at the first sign, <laughs> the first defeat, I shouldn't say first sign trouble. Cause like this has been a thing all year. Sure. I do get that. But still, like you got to, eight, you're now eight and one. You got to eight and zero. You got to eight and one with this, with these coaches, with this system. Like, I, it's that's that's way too much of a knee jerk for me. Um, again, Mel Tucker is a defensive backs coach, you know, throughout his entire life. Uh, if I, I trust that he knows what he's looking at and and can come up with some things, and he clearly trusts Scotty Hazelton. I mean, look, I guess we'll see after the year or some. Maybe he thinks there needs to be a change. I don't know what's in his head. I would be kind of surprised. Uh, very surprised at this point if that was the, the deal. But, um, and, you know, it's a, it's like what else, you know, so they played a lot of zone and because they haven't played always been – they don't they don't always play a ton of man they have in some games. But it's like um, you want banged up corners, you know, like playing aggressive like press or something and then running like all True. over the field with these guys. Like I don't True. see that working out very well. Uh, you could blitz and, and try to limit the time that they're in coverage and everything, but – that's also putting more stress, you know, again, on your DBs that are already banged up or just not performing well because they have no help, you know, and it's, it's do or die out there on the Island when you're blitzing and whatnot. So I, I don't know in terms of what could have done, what they could have done differently. I mean, that's up to people smarter than me. That's up to the coordinator that makes a million bucks uh, <laughs> to come up with some alternatives, you know, and that's the thing is like maybe they have to try something totally new. Maybe they do have to try uh, more man or, or whatever, or mixing this and that. Um, maybe they have to try some different personnel. I don't have a, a, a 
big list of solutions right here for you, especially when all those guys are banged up. Um, yeah. But again, I don't make the money to to make those calls. But yeah, I just think that's an in terms of trying to fire him or or anybody else. <laughs> I, I think that's that's way too far at this stage of the game. And we continue to talk Michigan State football here, whether it be Maryland, the offensive side of the ball, all sorts of things with Stephen Brooks. But first, need to talk to you fine folks about BetOnline.ag. Oh, that was a good one. Okay. BetOnline.ag, we are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of basketball season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated website, that's right, desktop or mobile. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just smash in that promo code locked on, one word, locked on, and that's going to unlock that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball to football to NHL to boxing to golf to UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's betonline.ag, where the game starts. Now, for my next act, I will be asking you a very tough question. I will uh, just absolutely put you on the hot seat right here. Any positives coming from the game on Saturday? Did you see anything that us state fans should maybe be smiling about? I know that's a ridiculous question to ask, but hey, I ask ridiculous questions, so here we are. Sure. Uh, Well, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, Yeah, Malik Carr sighting. Uh, twice two of them um i'd say that's something you know and i didn't i i told people all year and and once he got here you know it's the 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 toothpaste is out of the tube you know because they see six five six six former four star basketball you know background and skill set and uh, i think a lot of people are just like oh we got antonio gates right away he's right here and let's you know we're off and running and you know i saw him in high school and i, I covered his recruitment and stuff and i told i tried to tell people as, as often as i could uh Right when he got here, like, look, to, he's, it's going to take some time, folks. Like, he's, he's as much as his pedigree is amazing, and on paper, he looks like just the the perfect player that you'd want at that position. Um, it's going to take some time, especially because he hadn't played tight end before, you know, and that was a big thing. Some folks wanted him to be a tight end coming out of high school because he was so big, um, and he never wanted to do that. He was very adamant against uh, not playing tight end. And so he goes to Purdue and, and was a big receiver there. And part of the deal in coming here was like, hey, man, you're going to play tight end. And so, you know, and then he had a foot sur- a foot deal in a training camp, you know, so that set him back. And then you're just learning a new position that obviously is, is much different from just being out on the edge in terms of putting your hand in the ground, blocking people at the point of attack, all the things that come with a run and pass game at, at the tight end spot. It's a very complex deal. So all those things put together, I was like, Remember the name, love the uh, love the tangibles, you know, all the measurables and everything, but just tuck them away for a couple of years and then maybe you'll see them. And so anyway, that long story short, uh, he's maybe he's coming around quicker than I thought, you know, initially. And, and, you know, this is what that's what you hope to see at this point in the year. Some guys that have developed behind the scenes and made some strides. And that's exactly what Mel Tucker said is that, you know, he's worked very, very hard to to make to get those opportunities on the field. And and we saw, you know, what he can be. I mean, that big catch and run up the seam like. That's exactly what you hope that Malik Carr can bring to your offense. And then, uh, of course, catches the two-point conversion, too. I mean, just the the potential is through the roof with a guy like that, with his size and his athletic ability. Um, You know, I mean, Kyle Pitts was thrown around, I believe, like in his recruitment to sort of get him here and and lay out the plan, I mean, in terms of how they could see him being used. 
um, again, because he does have that, that true receiver background as well. So, yeah, you know, the oodles and oodles of potential, and, and maybe it looks like it will be realizing that a little sooner than we thought. And I think that's a position where they could afford to to use an upgrade moving forward. So, yeah, see a little Malik Carr in that game. That's a positive. Uh, I don't know if I have a second one for you, but uh, that was a, that was an interesting understandable. one. Understandable. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's understandable. Um, I want to keep it on offense, though, and a few people have, like, reached out just picking my brain over it, but what good is that? Let's let's pick your brain about Peyton Thorne. Um, I'm high on Peyton Thorne. I have been the entire season, but maybe I'm putting too much dip in my chip. I, I don't see any concern with him. Listen, it wasn't a good game necessarily by him I don't think it was atrocious though by any means just kind of more specifically to in the last three games because you know that's the the shorter sample size it's more recent um how do you think he's been this year more so lately is it like are you still high on him or yeah I I mean I think I still kind of see him the same way as I have I guess I mean I I think uh He's got a, for the most part, he'll give you a high floor, you know, um, mm-hmm. sort of you hoping a consistency there. And, and he's still doing the same things in terms of, you know, being smart with the ball and not putting the offense in bad positions and everything. I just don't know, maybe on the higher end, you know, how high is his ceiling um, and therefore, you know, how sort of high is the offenses. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't think uh, if anybody thought he was just locked in and he's your next Connor Cook, you know, Brian Lewerke, Kirk <laughs> Cousins, the – the entrenched starter for the next three years or something. I think that's a little premature and I built that all yeah, along the season. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think, uh, I think he's been good. I think he absolutely moves into next year as the starter, but I don't think it's unquestioned, you know, and he's, he'll be leaps and bounds and just nobody will ever be able to make up that ground on him. Um, maybe they won't, but I just don't think it's a, it's an unquestioned deal. Like he is the guy until he leaves and then, and then the job's open, but you know, it's sort of, on Peyton's terms when the job opens and whenever he leaves. Like, I don't think it'll be like that. Um, so, yeah, and, and then I just sort of remember, too, though, like and all, all those guys I just mentioned uh, took over as redshirt sophomores, just like Peyton Thorne is right now. So yeah. he is still a young quarterback, you know, in that sense. Um, we all know how smart he is, and uh, by now he's got a decent amount of experience. But the first year, you know, it, yeah, it it's like I said, quarterback growth is like young QBs. Like the growth is rarely linear. You know, there's, it's, it's two steps forward, one step back, three forward, two back, you know, and on and on kind of. And then eventually, you know, you sort of break through to this other level where the, where the baseline is higher and everything. And yeah, you know, I kind of thought we were getting there, but um, again, this just sort of goes this way with young QBs. And, you know, we have to mention that his, uh, his number two receiver of course was out. And I think that, that hurts that yeah. affected. Yeah. You know, how much tackles go to gone. Reed. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that, that too, of course. So, um, yeah. And then there's been some things in the other games, you know, where, where he didn't like the Indiana, Indiana game, he didn't have a running game, running game to support him really. And, and we know how much of their offense is built off of not just run, handing the ball to Walker, but the play action off of that, or just the threat of Walker, you know? So, um, that is sort of the next level of his development, I would say, is, is to really take a, take a game where – put a game on his shoulders, you know, where he just goes out and wins it and has to sling it around. And I'm not saying he has to throw for 500 yards or whatever like uh, O'Connell did, but just we haven't seen a, yeah. many or almost any situations where it has been like, all right, Peyton, this is on you. Like, go win it for us, buddy, you know? Yeah, I was going to say maybe we see it this weekend, but actually, uh, come again, hopefully we don't have to see that where we have to have a late drive to beat Maryland. Um, And kind of on that note, I'm going to give everyone a peek behind the curtain. We are recording on Tuesday, so it is very early in the week. So if you don't have a prediction or assumptions about this game yet, you could pass the buck. But 
with that said, like, do you have a hunch for what's going to go down Saturday against Maryland? I mean, I know we talked about it earlier, but the, do the negatives out later? Will MSU just be Gucci as Las Vegas seems to think they will as they are 14 point favorites? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have like a prediction ready for you or anything, but That's like, fine. I, I don't know. I, like I said earlier, I, I think um, just about every other matchup, you know, that you could come up with or any other way you want to slice it. I like where Michigan State is at in this game. I just, I think Maryland is, uh, like I said, they're a little fraudulent, and this is the time of year where they, where they sort of reveal themselves as such. And uh, and once I, you know, I'd heard someone sort of the buzz, like, yeah, you know, Maryland sort of turned the corner. They're playing, they're playing pretty good now. I'm like, okay. And then I looked at actually who they beat, and I'm like, ugh. You know, that's it's a lot every of, year they do this. Every year yeah. they start off hot against some nobodies, and then by November they just curl up and quit. And it's like, yeah, I mean, just typical. yeah. That one, I think the nineteen team that came to Spartan Stadium like that. I don't think I've seen the team like quit on the field like mid game. Uh, no, that was that unbelievable. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's what sticks out about. It. That's what that's what my last memory of them really because obviously they didn't play them last year. Um, yeah, so it's just how much can they limit the damage in the back end, I think. And I guess I just I don't know who their personnel is going to be available um, and then what type of plan they can concoct with that personnel. Um, if they can just sort of, you know, gum and duct tape it together and just hold up. I, like I said, I think Michigan State will be able to score enough points and, and hold up in just about every other aspect uh, to give themselves a shot. But if Maryland throws it for 500 yards again, then then I don't think I'd feel good about Michigan State's odds. But um, no, <laughs> just about yeah. It's I, I do think they'll get some in the passing game. I do think that'll be a problem, but how much of a problem, and, and that'll determine things. So I kind of trust that they'll find a way to limit it at this point, just because they've they've been kind of that team, they've been that resilient team. Um, and and again, I I trust these coaches um, and, and trust their pedigrees and everything. But yeah, uh, yeah how bad. Uh, how bad will it be in the passing game? Um, that'll determine it, I think. All right. Well, hey, just survive in advance, basically. <laughs> That's pretty much all it is. Um, yeah, Steve, yeah. Win it. Get yourself a shot to for all yeah. the marbles in Columbus, and uh, you know, let the cards fall or whatever uh, as they do down there. But uh, yeah, find you know, cook up whatever you can. Find a way this week, and then you got sixty minutes to uh, to make your dreams come true, kind of. You know, and then of course you got to hold on against Penn State and all the other, but. That's yeah. uh, that's the big, uh, you know, pendulum moment for this team. Yeah, I don't know. There's no way a hurt Michigan State team can go down to Columbus and get a win. That's just historically has never happened, especially recently. So no, no, no shot there, Stephen. Um, no context there. Yeah, none. If only whatsoever. we had an example to point to. <laughs> yeah, I'm drawing a blank. Unfortunately, shoot. Maybe I could come up with something by next week. But until then, Stephen, you're the man. Th- thanks a ton for joining. You're, you're just the best as you are about to go watch Michigan State, well, hopefully win a game against Kansas. Again, we're recording on Tuesday, so the game will be done by the time you all hear this. Steven, thanks a ton, man. You're the best. Just incredible. Listeners love you. I love you. You're the best, man. All right. No, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. I'm glad. I don't think we got any sirens or any other uh, big city noise, so that's that's a win. Look at that. Look at that, man. It's just the, the world quiets down when Stephen Brooks talks. That's, That's right. right. That's, That's right. right. Now you like that? All right. There we go. All right. Until next time, Stephen. All right. See you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Massive thank you to our guy, Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports, for making his weekly visit on the Lockdown Spartans podcast to just drop his knowledge all over us. Uh, Stephen's the best. 
simply the man. Go check out his work at 247sports.com. And we will be getting more into the Maryland game. And, oh yeah, that's right, basketball back on the court as well. Uh, we will be getting into that as well tomorrow. Both games, that's right. A little bit of Maryland preview, a little bit of Western preview. And a little bit of best bets. Let's just say we're due for a good week. Um, that's right, guys. And also, make Locked On Bets your second listen. That's right. Locked On Spartans, I thank you very much for making it your first listen here. But make Locked On Bets your second listen. Uh, that's right. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. That's right, guys. All right. Whew, four days down, one to go on the Locked On Spartans podcast for this week. Hey. Let's have a Thursday. Go green. Go green, baby.